pursue your purpose, speak your truth, deal with adult bullies, cope with failure, live beyond fear, establish values, set boundaries, move past trauma. These are all the themes in my Amazon bestseller, The Smart Girls Handbook. Tribers get in close. For 15 years, I have been searching for a book that didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl, have you been begging me for a book for years? Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding. The press has been phenomenal and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book, but our book. I realised after my talks around the world, women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away, but to have a tangible source to have forever. And this is it. This is refreshing, never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at smartgirltribe and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Hello, Tribers. I'm so excited to share this podcast episode with you all today. Nicola Miller is a licensed professional counsellor, the owner of Inner Age Counselling, and she is an expert in self-sabotage. I'm particularly excited about this episode because you have been asking me for years to invite an expert in self-sabotage onto the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Nicole and I both believe that everyone self-sabotages to an extent. So in this podcast episode, we dive in deep. We explore why you could be self-sabotaging, how you could be self-sabotaging in your relationships, at home, in your business, in your job, and how you could also be sabotaging your dreams and goals. We also talk about how you can prevent self-sabotage, what the antidote to self-sabotaging is, and how to approach a conversation with someone you love who is self-sabotaging. This genuinely is one of my favourite podcast episodes ever, so I I hope you love it as much as I do. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Could you just explain to our audience what self-sabotage is? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Scarlett. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So self-sabotage is basically this idea of doing something either consciously or unconsciously that gets in the way of us achieving our goals whatever that goal may be. That could be a professional goal, a relationship goal, a personal goal, a fitness goal, right? Anything that comes in between us and that goal. Why do people self-sabotage? Great question. So many reasons why people self-sabotage. And it's, it's never really the same for everyone, right? It could be fear. It could be low self-esteem, negative self-talk. So many things contribute to, you know, why we want to put distance, again, maybe subconsciously between ourselves and that ultimate goal. And does self-sabotage stem from fear? Where does it come from? What is the root of it? Yeah, so again, I think it really differs from person to person. Fear is a huge component of self-sabotage. But again, I think a lot of it is avoidance of negative emotion, 
negative feelings about self, right? That goes back to self-esteem. Um, but yeah, I always like to look at um, different factors, right? And I think we'll get into this a little bit later. Certainly family of origin could be a factor, um, how you view yourself. Can you explain the difference then between conscious and unconscious self-sabotage? Yes, this is a great question. So conscious self-sabotage would be more awareness around what you're doing. So let's say I have um, a weight loss goal or a fitness goal, but I choose to eat an entire pizza knowing full well that that's going to thwart me from that ultimate goal of you know, losing five pounds by the end of the month or whatever the goal is, right? Whereas unconscious is I'm not really aware of what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. I'm just responding without much thought. Um, and I'm reacting to my environment, to my thoughts, to my feelings. And then maybe I'm bummed later on with the consequences of my decision. Is self-sabotage a direct result of how we are brought up is there any way to avoid self-sabotage in adulthood so I like to think of our upbringing in our childhood and you've probably heard this before of this debate of like nature versus nurture right so what um what was modeled for us what was nurtured into us to create certain behaviors versus what is just our nature who we are and so certainly, you know, we can look to family of origin, what was modeled for us. Maybe we saw a parent self-sabotage, right? Maybe dad had a big presentation and you saw him, you know, watching TV instead of prepping for that presentation. Or again, maybe it's more about who we are as people and how we think of ourselves. And that's more of that nature orientation. Again, this is always what I encourage clients to kind of dig into the origins, right? Through either self-exploration, self-help books, um, or seeing, seeking out a mental health professional to help you get to that understanding. Because irregardless, right, whether it's nature or nurture, we can get out of our own ways and, and help ourselves through self-sabotage. What can self-sabotage look like as a child? What are maybe some very concrete examples you can share? Sure. So kind of going back to this idea of self-esteem, you know, maybe we received messaging from a caregiver or a teacher, whomever, um, that we weren't worthy or we weren't good enough, right? We can take that on as our own narrative about ourselves. And that can carry through for a lifetime if, if it goes uncaught, right? Which can then lead into negative behaviors as an adult, right? You may choose to self-sabotage yourself um, by setting unrealistic goals, right? Leading into um, maybe perfectionism, right? That's an unrealistic goal right there. Um, and that may keep you from making progress, or perhaps you don't believe that you're good enough for a successful, loving relationship, right? So you implode every relationship that you're in. Um, but as adults, I see a lot of self-sabotage behaviors coming up as perfectionism, uh, um, substance abuse issues, overeating or comfort eating. Um, this could even be in relationships, like looking for flaws in the other person or in the relationship. So, so many things. Again, it's all about that. What is distancing me from my ultimate goal um, that can lead up to that self-sabotage behavior? Does sabotaging only happen if you are an insecure person or 
can you self-sabotage being an empowered and fully aligned with your purpose kind of person? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it's so interesting. I think that that's a huge misconception about self-sabotage is that, you know, we have to be insecure to enact that behavior. And in all honesty, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that some of the most successful, empowered people have likely engaged in self-sabotage in some form or fashion. Um, I think the ones who are successful have caught onto that pattern of behavior and have done something to intervene in that cycle so that they're not perpetually just re-entering that pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. What are some common ways people, adults in particular, self-sabotage? Yeah, this kind of goes back to what I mentioned a minute ago, right? It could be um, overly critical of self or others, uh, perfectionism, um, again, food or alcohol issues, um, this could even be, this is going to sound strange, but even like gaslighting other people could be a form of self-sabotage to keep you kind of distanced from them. Um, so there are, again, so many ways to self-sabotage. Are there any in your line of work that you see come up more often than not? With my clients and the population that I work with, and granted this is not across the board, but the ones that I see most commonly are related to avoidance of negative emotion um, or negative thoughts or feelings about self. Um, and again, that's just the population that I work with most frequently and how I see it manifest. On the whole, millennials in particular nowadays, we are referred to as snowflakes. Do you maybe not think that this is true, but think that for some reason or another, we are a little too sensitive. And one of the repercussions of that is we self-sabotage in the way that, as you just mentioned, we try and avoid negative feelings and negative emotions. Do you see this as a common thread among millennials, among young people? Mm hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in, in a strange roundabout way, social media plays a lot into this as well, because we're always confronted by what other people are doing. We get caught in that comparison trap, right? Comparison can even be a function of self-sabotage, right? Well, I'm never going to be as good as this person. So therefore, why even try? Um, and you end up shooting yourself in the foot there. But something that's um, really big is this idea of resiliency, right? We're all going to have our feelings hurt or not feel good enough or feel inadequate in some way. But the idea here is to practice resiliency to say that I'm capable of handling these things or taking on this emotion and moving through it and finding success on the other side, whatever that version of success is. Mm. Are there any common triggers that cause people to self-sabotage? I know you just mentioned social media, for instance. Are there any others? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is a big one. This idea of feeling like you're a fraud. And likely when we feel like we're experiencing imposter syndrome, we're generally not. Um, unless, of course, you know, me as a clinician, I'm out here professing to be a brain surgeon, which I'm not. Right. So we have to have realistic expectations. But imposter syndrome is one feeling inadequate um, expectation of negative outcomes. Right. Thinking that the worst is going to happen to us. Um, and feel, fear of failure, or even honestly, fear of success, which all comes back to just this common fear. Do you think a lot of it comes back to 
avoidance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can you explain yeah. that a little further as to why? Avoidance is protective in in the, the short end of things. So if I'm avoiding something, I'm avoiding experiencing a negative emotion or avoiding a difficult conversation. Um, and that protects me because I feel safe in the moment. I don't have to face that really hard or difficult thing as I'm perceiving it. But it derails us in the long run because by avoiding it, the thing usually gets bigger and bigger. And then the consequences are worse and worse over time. Mm-hmm. How are procrastination and self-sabotage connected? I mean, honestly, procrastination is a function of self-sabotage. It Again, it keeps us safe, right? If we're procrastinating on writing our paper for school or finishing a presentation for work, it's protecting us from something, right? And it, it would behoove us to ask ourselves as we're hopefully consciously aware of our procrastination to ask, what is it that I'm avoiding right now? Am I avoiding this presentation because I feel um, like I am an imposter and these people are just going to see right through me? If so, how can I work through that? What can I believe in um, to allow myself to go forwards in my behavior versus avoiding? And how is cheating related to self-sabotage? This is a great one. Again, all a function of self-sabotage. This may be due to um, feeling like you're not deserving of a loving, healthy relationship. Or maybe, again, going back to um, family of origin, maybe you saw a parent model a poor relationship or a poor ability to um, function in a relationship. And that's what you believe that you're destined for. Um, I would also look to it maybe attachment styles as well, right? Do we have a secure attachment or do we have more of a avoidant or anxious attachment style? That can also speak to um, why we may be using cheating as a way to sabotage ourselves and our connection with others. How is, I mean, outside of cheating, are there any other relationship um, dynamics that stem from or act as a consequence? They are a consequence of self-sabotage, maybe not feeling like enough. Is there anything else you can think Mm -hmm. of other than cheating that happens, which could then obviously cause self-sabotage or is a direct result of self-sabotage? Absolutely. So um, not communicating. Lack of communication is a form of self-sabotage, right? If you're trying to keep someone at arm's length because you're afraid of getting close to them, you may not communicate effectively with them. Um, You may not share your feelings with them, leaving the other person wondering what's going on. Why do they feel distant from you? Um, I think I mentioned earlier too, focusing on flaws in a partner as well as even this idea of gaslighting, making the other person feel crazy in the relationship. All of those can be a way to keep us at arm's length from another person. Lastly, how is perfectionism connected to self-sabotage? Again, same thing. It is a function of self-sabotage. It it keeps us stuck, right? When we're seeking to be perfect, I think we can all agree that that is an unrealistic standard. And so therefore we're always going to be trying to create iteration after iteration to reach 
perfection of whatever we're doing, right? And so by doing so, we self-sabotage by not moving forwards and we just stay stuck and we stay frustrated. And then that creates a self-fulfilling prophecy of, see, I'm not perfect. I can't do this thing. Do you think everybody to an extent self-sabotages? Absolutely. I th- yeah, I think we would be lying to ourselves if we didn't admit to self-sabotaging at some point or another in life. Do you think that even those, I'll say those, out there who profess that they are personal development gurus, moguls, etc., do you think even they self-sabotage or do you think this is something that actually if you choose to, you can overcome and you can live without self-sabotaging? I think both is true. So, and I'll, I'll share one. So yes, we can live without self-sabotaging. We can change that behavior, but we have to be diligent about it. And what I mean by that is if we're not practicing awareness and we're not staying on top of ourselves through continued self-development, having a support network around us, you can call out these behaviors in the form of good friends, coaches, therapists, right? Then we, we will backslide into those behaviors. So it is possible to no longer self-sabotage, but we have to be diligent and we have to be on guard against it. I have heard that some people aren't afraid of failure, but instead of success, and they self-sabotage when they reach a certain level of success. I have experienced firsthand a friend of mine was so close to achieving their dream, they actually suddenly decided they wanted to change their dream. And now they look back and they do refer to that as their self-sabotage moment. So could you just explain this in further detail, please, Nicole? This idea that I may try my best and I may fall on my face, right, keeps us from wanting to succeed. And so if I have this dream or this goal that I'm aiming for, Um, I may have this, again, imposter syndrome that what if I achieve this thing and everyone around me finds out that I'm a fraud, then what? Or what if I achieve the success? How do I keep it going? Then I have to prove myself even more that not only can I reach the top of the mountain, but I can stay at the top of the mountain. And I think that's where that fear of succeeding really comes into play of, I should just pull back because it's too scary to put myself out there in this way. What about those who self-sabotage in relationships? I have, again, seen this firsthand with friends of mine that they will meet somebody wonderful. I'm going to avoid saying perfect for them, but Mm -hmm. someone wonderful who would compliment them. And they self-sabotage through certain questionable behavior that they would then, Mm -hmm. because they're my friends, would refer to it as self-sabotaging. Why do people, because that's a common one that I have seen probably more often than in business. I've seen a lot, I've been witness to more people self-sabotaging personally than professionally. So why is it so common in relationship to self-sabotage? That's a great question. There is so much risk that we take on when we enter a relationship of any kind, be it platonic or romantic. We're risking being hurt, being lied to, being cheated on, um, any number of things. So being in relationship is inherently vulnerable. 
again, which can be a negative emotion for many people. So we do enact these questionable behaviors if we have that fear of uh, being hurt or fear of vulnerability to keep that person at arm's length, right? We, we have them in our lives, which is really great for some functions, but yet we don't want them to get close to us because then they have all this ammunition in which they could harm us. Mm, so what would, for anyone listening, because I can also relate to some of this, for anyone listening who is thinking, you know what, Nicole, that is me. Mm-hmm. I relate to that. I'm connecting to this episode. What is one of the first things that they can do to break out of such an unhealthy habit? Call it out. And that's hard, right? Sometimes it's really difficult to see our own behaviors. And again, this may be where really close friends, confidants, whomever come into place. You may be noticing that something isn't clicking in your life. And if you can't put a finger on it, ask them and say, hey, I'm noticing this thing is happening. What are you observing? And they may able they may be able to shed some light on that behavior for you. More tangibly, it really goes into, um, if we want to talk about like how to stop self-sabotaging, this idea of thinking, feeling, and choosing. This is, um, if you've ever heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a neuroscientist um, and a wonderful author, but she talks about this in one of her books, how you know our thoughts lead to feelings and then our feelings lead to chosen behaviors, or as I often say to clients, just reactions if we're not aware. Um, so what we want to do to stop the cycle is become very aware of, we'll just say if I'm in a relationship, what am I thinking about, right? Am I thinking, oh goodness, this thing is too good to be true. And then I'm feeling scared or frightened. And therefore I choose to respond in a way that is um, detrimental to the relationship, right? What we'd want to do is go, oh, this feels too good to be true. Examine that thought a little bit. That may lead us to a different feeling or even the same feeling of, I feel really scared here, but then we can choose an alternative behavior. I feel scared and I'm going to communicate that to the other person that I feel scared of connection and vulnerability. What would be the perfect response to that if someone, if our partner or even a friend were to come to us and say, you know what, I'm actually quite afraid of being vulnerable, of opening up to you, of getting closer to you because I'm afraid of being cheated on, I'm afraid of being hurt, I'm afraid of being lied to, What's the best response to that? Well, I'll start by telling you what the worst response is, and that would be to get defensive and to say, oh, that's never going to happen. You're ridiculous. Stop thinking that way, right? To, To shut the other person down, because that is going to make them less likely to want to communicate about this topic with you further. And it's proving to them that you're not a safe person to talk to. So what I would recommend is practicing active listening. This is a very difficult skill for a lot of people. What this means is to really take in the information and if necessary, even repeat back to them what you're hearing, right? So so saying something along the lines of, I'm hearing that it's really difficult for you to open up and want to get close to me and then seek to understand, right? So you may then say, can you tell me a little bit more about why you feel this way? Have I done something to um, break your trust or have you had trust broken in a previous relationship? You want to understand what's coming up for them rather than jumping to, like I said, defensiveness or problem solving. Mm. Typical male qualities then, Nicole. Mm. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. If we want to jump into those stereotypes, yes. <laughs> Coolest mood is fade. Um, what are some questions someone can ask themselves to figure out if they have a tendency to self-sabotage? Yeah. So again, is going back to that goal. So I would examine your life pretty holistically and I would ask myself, do I like my life? Do I enjoy what I'm doing and, and what I'm getting out of it? How do I perceive myself? How do I feel? Right? All of these questions. And if you keep coming up with like, gosh, I just feel so unfulfilled, or I feel like nothing works out for me, or um, you know, I, I reached the success and then I tumbled back down the ladder, right? Those may all be indicators that something isn't working, something isn't clicking for you. And then we'd want to examine that. What is what is the why? Um, why do you think that that is happening? And again, you may want to pull in confidants who can speak some truths into your life to say, hey, I know why this isn't working for you. I see this play out day in and day out. Um, the key here, though, is to be radically honest with ourselves. Generally, we want to paint our um, ourselves in the best light. But this is an opportunity for us to be open and honest so that we can enact behavioral change. Without that honesty, there's zero change. Being an expert in this field, how can we stay level-headed through this? And what I mean by that is I think for everyone, we love to talk about ourselves. We love to think about ourselves. We are very self-centered naturally as humans. If we did start looking back and we're thinking, you know what, I self-sabotage because of the way I was brought up, how maybe my father spoke to me, when actually if you were to have a conversation that may, there wouldn't have been an intent there from his part or you know just it's very subjective really your memory I have come to understand so doing this exercise how can you stay level-headed is it a matter of reminding yourself that this is very much you are seeing your life through your own lens and it might not be the entire truth what would your expertise what would your expert advice be there that's such a great point you're right because we through living life, we are creating our own narrative and our own stories and our own perspective, right? And there's always two sides to every story. So like you kind of threw out there, just because you may have an experience with a parent does not mean that your parent intended for that to be your experience, right? They were um, operating from a framework and the skills that they had at that point in time. That doesn't negate the fact that perhaps that was still hurtful to you or detrimental to you in some way, but you're absolutely right. I think we need to do a good job of remaining objective and saying, you know, this is my experience, but there are other external factors that may have played into that and doing a good job of kind of, um, I guess, playing devil's advocate with ourselves to a great extent. Completely. And how does self-sabotage show up in relationship? What are maybe some behaviors that mm -hmm. we are carrying out that we might not think that they're self-sabotage but if you were to analyze our relationship you would say actually you're presenting self-sabotaging behaviors what's maybe some common um behaviors there great question um again this can manifest in a lot of ways let's say someone has a goal of wanting to go on dates um so they join a dating app but they never talk to anybody on the dating apps right that's self-sabotaging to your goal 
Or perhaps you go on a date with someone, but you're not communicative, you don't make eye contact, um, and you just ultimately have a terrible time. You've probably just gotten your way from making somewhat of a meaningful connection, even if they don't pan out to be a, a suitor of sorts, right? So those are a few examples. Um, some things like we talked about earlier, being critical of the other person, right? Maybe you're commenting on their flaws and everything that they're doing to be a hindrance to the relationship uh, instead of maybe turning inward and focusing on what you're doing to be a hindrance to the relationship. Um, Even control in a way can be self-sabotaging, right? If you're overly controlling someone else and their decisions, um, that's gonna lead to some negative feelings on their end, which may push them away from you. And then therefore you've just intercepted a perfectly healthy and fine relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people who are more than willing to share that they self-sabotage and me being me, it's something that I love to unpack. I've done and I've spoken about this very openly. I've done a lot of work and particularly through the podcast, maybe as a result of having the podcast, I've dived, in, mm-hmm. I've dived into so many topics And I do know a lot of people who are willing to admit that they self-sabotage, but how do you bring it up with someone if you are noticing a pattern of self-sabotage in them, but they might not be so willing to admit it or haven't even noticed this self-sabotaging behavior? What's a way that you can approach that conversation? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the sandwich technique, which is basically bringing up a positive putting the negative comment, feedback, what have you in the middle, and then finishing with a positive comment, right? So this may look something along the lines of, um, I really value our friendship. And so I want to bring up something that I've observed in your behavior. And then you kind of describe the self-sabotaging behavior and then finish that off with, I really hope that you can hear this message. I'm coming to you from a place of love and wanting to help you. Um, That can kind of soften the blow for some people. However, if someone's unwilling to hear that or they're not open to confrontation, you may still receive some pushback, but that's okay. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't bring that thing up. They just may not be ready to hear it and you can you can be there when they are. Mm-hmm. What if you are in a relationship and you want to have a conversation there, but there is still a lot of pushback and the person denies? And typically what people do is when they um, are being attacked they'll almost attack back and they will say well actually your behavior is just as bad or you are doing this so what is a way that you can approach self-sabotage or that conversation in relationship if you are receiving pushback and they're trying to deflect onto you which is probably a gas gaslighting technique for sure um and and it's really hard hard to reason with gaslighting um, because you you're then thrown into the cycle of wait are they right and you're analyzing your behavior and they've they've won at that point in time they've completely derailed the conversation um, so at that point it may be best to revisit the topic of conversation later on um, but as a whole I would look at your own personal boundaries right if the other person is unwilling to look at their behavior and to engage in any type of self reflection and change ultimately you have to ask yourself is this the person that I want to be with is this going to serve me long term and maybe the answer is yes maybe the answer is no depending on who you are 
but set boundaries accordingly, right? So that may look something along the lines of um, bringing this pattern of behavior back up to their attention and setting a boundary of, you know, I need you to work on this in therapy. If you are unable to work on this in therapy and even make effort to address this, I'm unsure if I can be in this relationship anymore. Do you think self-sabotaging can lead to even more concerning behaviors, i.e. narcissism, gaslighting? Can self-sabotage lead to that, which are, you know, all of this, they're both forms of emotional and mental abuse. Can self-sabotage lead to that or those things? Well, narcissism is more of a personality disorder, right? Which is who we are. So I wouldn't necessarily say that self-sabotage is going to create narcissistic Mm -hmm. personality disorder. Um, It can certainly be part of the myriad of symptoms that come from narcissism as as is gaslighting. Um, But I wouldn't say that it causes it per se. Mm -hmm. Now, we've spoken a little bit about self-sabotaging when it comes to business i.e success but mm-hmm. then also in friendships relationships we have also touched on it when it comes to your childhood talking about dreams and goals do you see there that a lot of people self-sabotage that for instance they are desperate to move abroad but they actually have such a strong internal fear that they avoid booking the flight oh absolutely yeah. I mean, yeah, that could come up in so many different ways. Like you said, if if you want to travel abroad, but you're fearful of any number of things, right? The long flight to travel abroad or crime overseas or whatever, right? That can certainly hold you back and keep you stuck where you are um, and not willing to take on those risks again. If someone is listening to this and they are thinking, oh my goodness, that's me. I didn't realize that's a form of self-sabotage. I didn't realize I'm sabotaging myself. Are there any tangible ways that they can dive into why is this coming about? Is it because of fear? Is it because I am thinking about, you know, the being away from my family, maybe? Is there a, are there any tangible tips or tricks there that you would recommend? Absolutely. So behavioral therapies and even motivational therapies would be super helpful in this arena. And again, some of this may be things that you can do through self-help, whereas other facets of this may be better suited for a mental health professional, right? But as we talked about earlier with that whole like thinking, feeling, choosing model, right? That's more of a behavioral technique. We may want to look at those things and, and uncovering, okay, what is the core fear here? What is the core emotion? Behavioral therapies would then have us challenge that, right? If we're fearful of um, missing our families, okay, well, are there solutions to that? How intense of a fear is that thing? Let's investigate that and see if there's a path forwards. What is the antidote to self-sabotage, do you think, Nicole? I think it all depends on what the root of your self-sabotage is. Um, You know, it could be, you know, if it's um, fear, let's just say, maybe the antidote is embracing the fear and doing the thing afraid, right? Reasonable amounts of fear. Um, (laughs) Maybe the issue is lack of self-esteem. 
right? The antidote would be to improve your self-confidence, right? Take risks in some ways that that way you're then proving to yourself, hey, I am a competent, confident person that can do all of these things. What if you're, what if it's dependent also on someone else, for instance, you're self-sabotaging because you believe you are unlovable, so you cheat in relationship. Obviously, being in a relationship, you're in a relationship with someone else. What would be the antidote to self-sabotage there? I would want to look at a couple of things, right? Like, is the other partner telling you that you're unlovable and therefore you've taken on that narrative? Um, because if so, again, I think some, some boundaries and some grounds, um, um, some boundary settings would be helpful in that regard, but maybe it's actually a core belief about yourself that you perceive yourself in all relationships and all circumstances to be unlovable. And this is just one way that that's coming out through the cheating. Then you have to turn inward and you have to do that internal work to, unravel that core belief and create new core beliefs that are aligned with, no, I am a lovable person. I am worthy of a healthy relationship. I can be in a healthy, fulfilling relationship. I have come to find during this podcast episode that resilience is a great um, muscle um, that could work as an antidote to self-sabotage. So how can you work on becoming resilient? Great question. Resilience for me is really all about pushing yourself to understand what you are capable of. Mm. Because if I just believe that, oh gosh, this thing is too big, it's too scary, I can't do that, and just buy into that and sit on my couch and don't do anything, then that is my reality, right? But if I push myself in some ways to say, you know what, this is so scary, this is so nerve wracking, but I'm going to embrace this fear. I'm going to create a cope ahead plan. I'm going to ask for help in some ways. And then I see what I'm capable of that builds my resiliency. So that next time I'm faced with maybe that same feeling or same task, I'm like, Hey, I've done this before. I'm capable and able to do this thing. Mm, One thing that I love recommending to listeners to readers even followers is to write a list of all of the times that you proved yourself wrong just Mm -hmm. to write a really simple list so there you have it in front of you it's evidence because we can often as we have mentioned feed ourselves certain narratives that are not true one thing that I would love to just touch on almost as a footnote when it comes to resilience is and this is personal is I'm a very empathetic um, empathetic person I tend I am an empath I take on other people's issues and problems as though they are my own I will have friends even strangers who they will share an issue with me and it will not get out of my head as a consequence I have developed anxiety because of this and family members in particular around me they say yo you just have to shut off your brain and (laughs) I'm sitting there thinking I can't do that I can't (laughs) shut off my brain it's the equivalent of having you know 5,000 plus tabs open all at the same time because I'm thinking about other people's issues 
And yes, that has caused anxiety, but I would have to admit it's also caused to a degree sensitivity. Maybe when I was younger, I wasn't so aware of other people's problems, whereas especially being in the job, in the field that I am now, I being a female empowerment expert and in the mental health space, that I have almost developed extreme sensitivity that I can be a very emotional person. I'm very in tune with other people's emotions. I know how people are feeling no matter what they are saying to me. So for anyone listening who is thinking, you know what, I am maybe successful. I'm not a lazy person. I do not procrastinate, but how can I practice resilience because I am an empath or I am highly sensitive or highly emotional? Mm-hmm. I would target the areas in which you want to embody more resiliency, right? So for you personally, I'm, I'm just kind of guessing here, right? You can take this however you want, right? But maybe you're saying, I want to be more resilient in the sense that um, I'm, I don't have 5,000 tabs open in my brain and I'm able to kind of move through those a little bit quicker, right? Maybe part of that would be practicing being in the here and now, some mindfulness techniques to say, you know what, I've got so much going on and these people's problems are important, but they're also maybe not my problems to solve. And I can be empathetic and extend concern and potentially even support for them. But right now I need to practice on being with myself and supporting myself. Do you think it's possible for people to self-sabotage as a result of caring too much? And I'll expand on this a little bit that I, again, I have been an empath. I've been in situations where I will spend, Nicole, weeks thinking about a friend's problem, thinking about all of the solutions, researching articles, material content that could help them. And I have had very honest conversations, but particularly with my mother, um, because she's been quite concerned about this, about how much I'm willing to take on for friends and family members, colleagues, etc., And she has said, you know, you're taking on not necessarily emotional baggage, but things that are now draining you. Is it possible for somebody to do that and then self-sabotage maybe their own success or their own destiny, their own fate, maybe because they're putting it on the back burner? Mm -hmm. Is that possible? Absolutely. That's, That's such an insightful, um, nugget right there because you're absolutely correct. Like, while what you're doing is so noble and helpful to this other person, it's not necessarily serving you any in any way, right? It's altruistic, of course, but it's probably coming in between you and your job, your relationships, your ability to care for yourself, right? So yeah, absolutely. That could be a, a component of self-sabotage for you personally. What advice would you give anyone who may be in a similar situation? I think boundaries are are this person's best friend, in all honesty. Um, and recognizing, you know, because boundaries truly is this idea of this is where I end and the other person begins, right? And so if we have this rec- recognition that, hey, this is where I end, this is where I tap out, And this is the point in which I start to no longer take care of myself and no longer start working towards my goals, then that's where I need to set that boundary. And you need to, being the other person, take on that load for yourself. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Can't say it enough. 
completely. I'm actually known or people have repeated back to me maybe my lack of boundaries, even though it seems as though I have boundaries. I've been known in a previous podcast episode to say, I don't think I have any. <laughs> or at least I'm struggling <laughs> to develop those. Yes. So yes. I, I completely agree. Boundaries are so critical, very, very hard to implement. Yes. Extremely hard, I think, especially in this day and age when everything is so accessible and people mm-hmm. are so accessible. We just expect people to be available to us 24-7, whether that be emotionally even physically as in their presence so I think Mm -hmm. boundaries that's very very um, important and what are some tangible ways in the moment you can prevent self-sabotaging so we have spoken a lot about how it can show up how it can manifest in relationship at work when it comes to dreams goals success etc when you're in a moment and you're thinking hmm this is what Nicole and Scarlett were referring to I am Mm -hmm. self-sabotaging what can they do in the moment to prevent it, to stop it in its tracks, maybe? Great question. So a couple of thoughts here, right? Hopefully, if you're in this space, you are consciously self-sabotaging. You recognize the pattern of behavior. Um, and hopefully you haven't embarked on that pattern of behavior, right? That is your opportunity to engage that um, behavioral or choosing piece and say, I know that my action urge is to, just use my example from earlier, eat the whole pizza, but I can choose to do something different that maybe allows me to give in to my my want or my need while also keeping me on target for my goal. And that behavior is to have two pieces of pizza instead of the whole thing. Um, Or potentially you're already down that path of engaging in the behavior and you have this light bulb moment and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm self-sabotaging right now. Stop, just stop, put the thing down, right? I know that this is difficult, but put the thing down, put the um, behavior away, whatever, and pause and ask yourself, okay, I don't want to be doing what I was just doing. So what can I do instead? What other options, what other solutions do I have to this problem? And go from there. Mm. What is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by, Nicole? This is a good one. Um, it's actually a poem by Robert Frost, uh, The Roadless Traveled. And it's the ending of that poem where he says, I took the, the road less traveled and that has made all of the difference. And that's meaningful to me specifically because we all have forks in the road in our lives, probably many forks in the road in our lives. Um, and I think oftentimes we grapple with what is the best path but we can't go down both paths, generally speaking, right? And so we have to pick the path that suits us best and believe that that's really made all the difference in our life and that's led us to where we are. And what books or podcasts on this particular subject would you recommend to our audience, please? Yeah, great question. Um, so I know I referenced Dr. Caroline Leaf. Um, this is not necessarily on self-sabotage specifically, but her newest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, is great and gives you know very tangible techniques to um, change how you think about things and change how you respond to your thoughts. Um, more specifically, towards self sabotage by Dr. Mark Goulson, "Get Out of Your Own Way," um, and then finally by Dr. Judy Ho, "Stop Self Sabotage." She gives some practical tips on how to 
how to work through that. Well, thank you so yeah. much, Nicole, for coming. You are so on. welcome. No, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It was wonderful to speak to you. And as I said, you know, this conversation has been very insightful, enlightening, and thank you so much for being very coherent and clear. It's a topic that I'm very pleased to have explored with you. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad that this served you and your podcast well. And thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett V. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organization, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast, and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.